0: Before Joshua took over as leader, there was a moment. If you flip back a page, Deuteronomy 34. If you've got your Bibles with you, open up there. Deuteronomy 34, verse 4. There's a moment of transition from Moses to, to Joshua. This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. Moses, he led the people through the wilderness for 40 years. He gets to see it, but he doesn't get to enter in. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, verse 5, he died there in the land of Moab. Just as the Lord had said, the Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab, which is an incredible thing. The Lord did his funeral. Buried by the Lord. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. When you walk with God, there's a fullness that you get to walk in. He wants you to walk full through this world. He wants you to walk in strength. Sometimes we look at sickness and disease and we think, oh, this is just his plan for my life. This is just what he wants. No, no, no. He wants you to walk in fullness. And so if there's something that you're struggling with right now, if there's something that that is going on and you can't figure it out, the doctors can't figure it out, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, he wants to work inside of you and he wants to show you something. And he wants you to walk in fullness and healing. Let the Spirit work and learn to listen to his voice because there is freedom and healing that we get to walk in. That's what Jesus paid for. It wasn't just our salvation. It it was so we can live life abundantly to the full. Not so we can live out our own selfish desires. Not so that we can do whatever we want, feel good, do what we want when we want. No, no, no. So it's we can walk in the fullness of the mission he's called us to. He doesn't want you sick because he's called you. He's given you a commission to go and make disciples. And so if there's something going on in your body, in your health, I would just tell you, turn to the Holy Spirit. Turn to him and ask, God, reveal to me, is there some place in my life that I've gotten out of alignment with you and with your word? Because his word is medicine to our bones. When you read through Proverbs, You start to see his word when you meditate on it, when you chew on it, when you begin to eat from the word, it brings health. It brings supernatural health and you can walk in that because he wants you to walk in the fullness of life so you can live out the mission he's called you to. The people of Israel they mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua son of Nun, he was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. We see this throughout scripture, but we don't talk about it much today we're going to, you guys see us we're going to be talking about this more and more in these next coming weeks but the laying on of hands there's something special there's something set apart there's something holy about this we see it throughout scripture there's an impartation that happens through the laying on of hands but we've gone away from that especially in the western church but there is something significant about the laying on of hands And prayer, for healing, for wisdom, for an impartation of God's spirit. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of Israel. He lived a life that pointed people towards God. Everything about him, everything he chose to do, everything he chose to walk in, it pointed people toward God the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel, all that stuff. Sometimes we veer so far away from that stuff because we've heard such terrible things about how it's abused. But God is not against any of those things. When you use those things for the kingdom, to advance the kingdom. That's why Moses was still strong. That's why he was still clear-sighted when he died. Because he was walking in obedience to the Lord. And he was going and he was living out. The commission that he'd been given. And so now we see this next leader stepping up, Joshua. He gets to lead the people into the promised land. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. We'll pick up where we left off. This is what the Lord says to him. As you're getting ready to lead, as you're getting ready to step into anything in life, some of you, you might be stepping into a new job in this next season, you might be stepping into a new phase of life, a new relationship. Whatever you're stepping into in this next season, here's a word from the Lord for all of us today. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Do not deviate from them either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. If it feels like you are hitting an invisible wall in your life, it feels like no matter what you do, you just keep hitting up against obstacle after obstacle, like nothing is flowing, like nothing is moving, and everything is going wrong around you. I would tell you, sit in his presence. Sit in his word and begin to open it and ask him to reveal to you. Is there a place, God? that I've deviated either to the left or to the right in my life? Is there a place where I got off course and I started going my own way instead of your way? And I started walking in disobedience to what your word says. Because most of us, once again, when you look at the church in the West, we've walked away from obedience because we think that's legalism. And we think, no, 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 we're not saved by works. You're right, we're not saved by works. That's true. We're saved by the blood of Jesus. He paid for that. But there is blessing when we walk in obedience to what his word says. And that's why he gave us his Holy Spirit. So that the word, the law is now built in inside of us. He convicts us when we begin to step out of bounds. But we can sear our conscience. We can quiet, we can quench the voice of the Holy Spirit within us when we continue to walk in disobedience to what we know His voice is saying, to what His Word says, and we choose to keep deviating to the right or to the left and refuse to walk in obedience to His Word. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Once again, he wants us to prosper and succeed. He wants that for your life. That word prosper, all it means in the Hebrew, it means to advance, to move forward, to take ground. That's what they're doing. He wants them to prosper, to advance, to take ground because it brings him glory. They were a small nation in comparison to the giants they were going up against. And he knew that he would give them success. If he would give them prosperity, advancement in this world, it would bring glory to him. He's not against prosperity and success, but it's just not the way we think of it. We think of prosperity and success. It's just like, oh, me, me, me. It's all about me. No, no, no. It's all about him. It's all about the kingdom. Because if you have a business, if you work, whatever you do, and you're just doing it for yourself, that's your reward. What you get on earth, that's your reward. That's it. But if you're doing it and you're sowing back into the kingdom, and you're sowing back into salvation and life change and transformation then all of a sudden you're building up for yourself a reward in heaven. And if he knows that he can trust you with this little bit, he's going to trust you with more. That's prospering. That's advancing. That's moving forward. Because you were trustworthy with a little, he can trust you with more, and he's going to continue to trust you with more. But if all you do is just hoard it, hold it on for yourself, and you don't sow it back into the kingdom, if you don't sow it back into the advancement of the gospel, you're missing out on an eternal reward. And your reward is what you get right here on this earth, right here, right now, and you don't get to take it with you when you leave. That word meditate in the Hebrew, it means to moan, to growl, to utter, to speak, to muse. It's not like when we think of meditation today, we, we kind of get this idea of maybe yoga, just kind of losing ourselves in the moment. That's not what he's saying, like clearing our mind. No, 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 that's not what meditation is. Meditating is chewing on the word of God, speaking it, uttering it, letting it work through you all the way down in you and all the way back out of your mouth and beginning to speak it and declare it and meditate on the truth of his word over your life. Chewing on it. Matthew 5, 17. When we look at the scripture, when we look at what it means to follow him, to walk in obedience to him, once again, we come back to this idea, this modern day idea that, oh, no, 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 it's not works-based. We don't need to do that. You know, the Old Testament, it doesn't matter anymore. We're just, we're free. We're free in Christ. Yes, we are free. But look what Jesus says, his own words. Chapter five, verse seventeen. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. There, there's a famous preacher, big, big name, uh, out in Georgia, and one of his catchphrases in the last few years has been, "We want to unhinge from the Old Testament. We want to unhinge from the Old Testament. We want to be you know new, fresh, modern, appealing." And so what he wants to do, they, they want to unhinge from the Old Testament. Jesus never said that. Jesus didn't say, I, 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 he said this, I didn't come to abolish, I didn't come to unhinge the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I'll tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Its purpose is to point us to our sinfulness, to point us to our need for a Savior. It does that, but then it also shows us how to walk in the blessings and not the curse. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Do you want to be the least or do you want to be great? It's okay to want greatness. It's okay to want to advance. It's okay to want to see growth if it's for his kingdom and not your own. But it's funny, as we choose to serve and to grow his kingdom, somehow along the way he keeps growing our own, and he keeps blessing our own because we keep learning how to walk in obedience to his voice. And some of you, you know this. You've seen blessings in your life And it's because you've chosen to listen and obey. And you've chosen to walk by his word and not what the world says. And there are natural blessings that occur and happen because of that. Because this is the law of God. When you follow his word, when you walk in obedience to it, even when things are going wrong, he's still working them out for your good. He works all things together for the good of those who love him. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There was a hypocritical religion that they preached, that they taught. In Galatians, it it talks about what it looks like to learn to listen and walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's why he left, so we can have the Holy Spirit living within us. And he guides us, and he teaches us, and he shows us how to walk in obedience to his word. And so then all of a sudden, it's not a burden to walk in obedience. It's a blessing, and it's something we desire. He changes the desires within us. And so we don't look at this as a have to. We look at it as a get to. I want to. Because the more I walk in alignment with his word, the more I see the blessings raining down in my life. The more I see his hand all over every aspect of my life. And so right now, if it feels like his hand is not on your life, if it feels like everything is raining down on you, I would tell you, look and sit in scripture and meditate on it. Chew on it. Eat it and ask him to reveal to you God is there a place in my life where I've chosen to deviate to the right or to the left that I've chosen to walk in disobedience John 10:10 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy when you step out of the safe zone the boundaries he's given us the thief has access to you the thief has the ability to come to steal kill and destroy But when you step back into the safe zone, when you step back into the boundaries he's given us, you realize there is protection there within his word. When you are walking in obedience to it, you are surrounded by a cloud. You can't be touched. You walk in the blessings. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. When I keep thinking of boundaries, I think of my son, Maverick, who learned how to ride his bike this summer. And I think I got a a picture here. You guys got that picture of my streets? All right, there you go. Some of you are like, oh, good, I know where the pastor lives now. I don't care. You can come visit. That's fine. All right? Right here, when you look at these streets, okay, I live on the vertical street. All right? I live on that vertical street. That bottom horizontal street right there, that's the main street where people, when they're coming into our neighborhood, they're turning off 156, and they're turning onto that road, and it says 25, but they're going 45. Like, it, it's crazy, it's wild. And then if you go up a little bit further to that, that next vertical street, and then even beyond that, you can't see it. The driving just gets crazier and more radical. But here, I, I did a little edit. You got that next picture? So I made boundaries for Maverick. I said, here you go. Here's the red zones right here, okay? Okay. You just stay off these roads right here. But right here on the green, because when he first started riding, you know, I was like, all right, you got to stay on the sidewalk. But eventually the sidewalk, that's not enough, you know. He needs more. And so he wants the street. I'm like, all right, if you want to ride in the street, this is it right here. Here's the boundary. Here's where you can ride, and I know that you're protected. Here's where you can ride free and have fun and enjoy it, and you're going to stay alive. But if you step out, if you ride out into these red zones, you step out of my protection. You step out of that zone that I can guard you. Because I'll I'll sit out there and I'll watch. I'll be watching the street. I'll set up a little lawn chair out there and I can see if there's a car coming and I can yell, hey, get back up on the sidewalk. I'm right there. But if you go out into the red zones, I can't protect you there. I can't see what's going on up there. If you go beyond the limits I've set for you. But man, if you stay right here in this place, if you stay right here where I've told you to walk, if you don't deviate from the left or to the right, there's blessing here. There's life here. There's life to the full. You can enjoy riding in the street. But I've seen how cars drive on that street down at the bottom. There's no life there. If you ride your bike out there, life is over. It's done. That's what God's word is. It's not a burden, it's not a hindrance, it's a blessing. He's just saying, ride in the places I've told you to ride. In every area of life, in marriage, what have I said in my word? I've said marriage is between husband and wife, one man and one woman. He said it back in the very beginning with Adam and Eve. And so if you're going and you're riding outside of that, if you're going and saying, you know what? Sex can be with whoever I want, whenever I want, however I want, guess what? You are outside of his protection And so there are things that the thief can come and do to your life that he can steal, kill, and destroy. Don't let him. Get back inside to the safe zone. There's boundaries he's given you with your money. There's boundaries where he said, hey, hey, all I ask is for the first tenth. And then you live with that other 90. But in our world, we don't even give the first tenth. And then we live beyond even what we've been given. And so we live not at 100%. We live at 110%. We live at 120%. And we rack up debt. And then all of a sudden, we're not free anymore. We are slaves to those that we are in debt to. There's no freedom there. There's no life to the fold there. He gave us boundaries with our money to teach us how to walk in fullness of life. And so when we give Him that first tenth, we're giving Him that green zone. We're saying, This is where it goes first. My first and my best. And then beyond that, I'm going to live with that 90. And I'm not going to go above and beyond. I'm going to live within what he's given me. And I'm going to trust him as provider in my life. And as you do that, you'll start to see. You might start out on the sidewalk. It might feel kind of narrow. It might feel kind of tight. But all of a sudden, he's going to expand your territory. And pretty soon, you're riding in the whole street. Because you're walking in obedience to him. And he's a good father. And he wants to advance you and he wants to prosper you. And he is seeing that you are faithful and you are stewarding well what he's given you. There's so many areas of life with your kids. When you begin to learn how to love and parent the way it's described in God's word, you'll start to see some of the problems, some of the headaches, some of the issues that you've been having with your kids. If you would just learn to walk in obedience to his word, all of a sudden, those relationships, those hurts, those hindrances, those things that you feel like have been holding you back, all of a sudden, he begins to heal them and restore them and begins to make them better. Early on as a dad, I really was not good at this. I'd be quick to anger, especially with Maverick. But more and more over these last couple years, he's taught me to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's his word. And I'm just learning to walk in it, to not deviate to the right or to the left, to be more patient with him, to not provoke my children to anger. Because that's, once again, that's what his word says. And it is improving our relationship. And it is strengthening who he is. And it's building him up, not tearing him down. That's what his word is. It's a blessing on our life to live life to the full. John 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. John 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning the word already existed. Who's overcome the world? The word. This is all John. We're just we're eating from the book of John right now. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. That's what the Word does. He brings life and he brings light. If you want to overcome the world, you need the Word. He's the one. 1 John 4, verse 4, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. He's overcome. Victory is living within you, but we walk through this world completely defeated. We walk through this world head down, moping, like, oh, no, the devil's already won. He's already got me. As soon as my feet hit the floor, he's won. It's over. No, 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 you walk in victory because he lives within you. We're having a hard time believing that, though. First John 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. All you gotta do is believe. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, it's not a burden, it's a blessing. For every child of God defeats this evil world. We walk in victory. We defeat the evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Real faith. We walk in obedience to his word. So today, if you... Right now, as you're listening to this sermon, and you know, man I've been abusing God's grace, I've been abusing what He's given me, and I've been walking out of alignment with His word. Today's just a day to repent, to change your mind, to say, I, I, "I'm sorry, Lord, for how I've been trying to do it my own way. I love you, I want to walk in obedience to you, not because you're a hard father and I have to earn it, but because you're a good father who loves me, and you've given these commandments as a green zone for me to walk in so I can be blessed, so I can prosper, and so I can advance your kingdom and not my own. And Jesus Christ, who was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood and the spirit who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life and this life is in his son, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Victory is already ours. Life to the full is ours. But sometimes all all we take is salvation. He's died for the fullness of our life right now. So his Spirit can live in us. But sometimes we're just like, no, no, no. I, I can't experience any of this on this side of Eternity. All I have to hope for is salvation. And we're missing out on the fullness he's called us to walk in in this world. We're missing out on life abundantly because we're too busy looking forward to the day we die. And he's saying, no, no, no. I'm walking with you right now. I live within you right now. You can walk in fullness here on this earth. already got it. You've already got it. Just say it. Say it with me. Say, I've got it. There you go. It's hard, right? It's hard to believe it. He's in me. Go ahead. Say it again. He's in me. Victory is in us. You're his man. You're his woman. You're his disciple. You're his follower. He's in you. He's chosen you. He's filled you from the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom. His Holy Spirit lives in you. Believe it. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. How do you overcome the world? Through the word. Start saying it. Start declaring it. Start chewing on it. God's promises all over your life. Start walking in the fullness of his word. His word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. Do not deviate to the left or to the right. Be strong and courageous. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He's in you right now. You recognize him already. You know when his spirit is in you and residing, speaking, moving within you. He won't abandon you as orphans. Those who accept my commandments, verse 21, and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, the Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. He wants you to move forward and advance in the power of his Holy Spirit. Another term Jesus uses, John 6, verse 30. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Moses didn't give you bread. My father did. Everything that happens in the church, everything God uses us for, all we are, we're the vehicles for the Father and what he wants to do in us and through us in this world. Everything Alex preaches, I'm not giving you the bread. I'm just giving you what he's given me. The Father is giving out the bread. Every Sunday, that's what we're giving out. We're giving out the bread. This is the bread of life. And it doesn't come from Alex, it doesn't come from Jim, it doesn't come from Andrew, it doesn't come from Eleni, it doesn't come from any pastor, it comes from the Father. All we can do is hand out the bread, but you still have to choose to eat. We can't force you to eat. We can't take it and say, here, here, I'm just going to shove this down your throat, it's good for you, eat it. No, 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 all we can do is put it out there. It's your choice whether you want to eat from it or not, whether you want to walk in it or not whether you want to deviate to the right or to the left and go eat with the world's hand and no. out. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up on the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up on the last day. We're coming into a changing of seasons for our church. For the world, we're, we're moving from summer into the fall. We're finishing out the last part of 2023. And, and I just want to do a reset. I want to do a reset for our entire church. Where we just choose for a week. We're going to choose to ignore the world. To stop eating from what the world is offering up. And we're just going to eat the bread so if you want to be a part of that, these next seven days, we're doing a mini. If you're with us in January, you know, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting together as a church. We're doing a mini reset. We're doing seven days of prayer and fasting. And so if you've been a part of that in the past, you kind of know, we'll send out a text every day with an encouragement, with prayer, with scripture to read, with bread to eat this week. And if you want the bread this week, if you want to join us, You go, here's your one time you can take out your phone in church. Text BREAD to 94000. And we're going to send out the bread every day this week. And I I would just tell you, just maybe skip a meal, skip a snack, skip something that's part of your regular routine. Skip a, a Netflix show at night. Skip whatever it is that you know has come in the way of you and the bread. And just put him there in that moment at the center of everything you do and say, no, 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 I'm not eating from the world. I'm going to eat from His Word. I'm going to eat the bread of life in this moment. So join us for this next seven days as we get back into the Word, as we get back into this reset of prayer and fasting and eating from the Word. Because I want to move forward. I don't want to stay where I've been. I don't want to stay stuck. I don't want to keep hitting these walls. I want to move forward. And I know that it comes when I learn to eat from his word and not the world. I believe God wants this church to move forward. He wants this church to advance. Not because he cares about how big we get or the numbers we get or or whatever, He doesn't care about any of that. He cares about who we're bringing into the kingdom with us. That's what advancement, that's what prospering is all about. And so when we sow into the kingdom with our time, with our talent, and our treasure, we're sowing into eternity. We're sowing into an eternal reward. We're not just trying to live for heaven. We're trying to live life to the full right here and right now and advance and move forward. And so I'm praying over this next week that there's a season happening in our church where we choose to move forward. And we choose to advance and we choose to believe that as we learn to walk in his ways that we learn to meditate on his word and we learn to chew on it and eat from the bread. He's going to prosper us and he's going to move us forward and advance us. Not for our own glory, but for his.